What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, December 16th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Trayvall Anderson. And I'm Juanita Tolliver. And this is What a Day, the only news show podcast that isn't generated by an AI chatbot. Go figure. Nope, we prefer to write epic medieval poetry about fast food chains the old fashioned way. <laughs> Priyanka, you, you okay over there? Look, I'm just doing whatever the algorithm tells me to do. Goodness, she's crossed over, y'all. <laughs> Hey, Wad Squad, thank you so much for joining all four of us here on the show today. Yeah. I love sharing the screen with y'all. This is so dope. <laughs> so exciting. Very exciting. We are all here together because this will be our last show for 2022 before we take a two-week break for the holidays. Yes, it is almost 2023, which is weird because I think it's 2019. Yep. That's for a different <laughs> time. We wanted to take a look back at some of the biggest stories from this past year. And really, there were a lot. Juanita, we're going to have you kick things off for us. All right, let's start with the fact that workers stood the fuck up for themselves in 2022. This year, we saw workers across the nation fighting for better pay, better working conditions, and better benefits, frankly, all of which they deserve. And they unionized at huge rates. In the words of Beyonce, this is hustle personified. And 2022 should be remembered as the year of the union push. Oh, definitely will be for me. I feel like we covered so many stories like this on the show. And I'm proud that we have. Yeah, it felt like a real turning point. Right. We're far more union friendly than Joe Biden, apparently. But that's neither here nor there. In the wake of the, I mean, sick burn, right? (laughs) In the wake of the pandemic, which exposed and emphasized the longstanding poor treatment of workers, especially essential workers, the union push hit a high note in April when more than 2,600 Amazon workers in Staten Island, New York, voted to join Amazon's first union in the United States, recognized by the National Labor Relations Board. That vote and the push to unionize, like many others, was led by black and brown organizers and was sparked by a 2020 walkout led by Chris Smalls and Derek Palmer. Shortly thereafter, we saw votes at other Amazon facilities across the country, as well as Starbucks workers rising up, too. Since the first Starbucks unionized in Buffalo, New York, only one year ago, more than 260 Starbucks in 40 different states have unionized, giving the union an 80 percent win rate. And we've since seen collective bargaining units formed at other companies like Chipotle, REI and Trader Joe's. And it's not just service workers. This year, congressional staffers did it, too, y'all, in May the House voted to allow their offices to unionize with all Republicans opposing the legislation, of course. And in September, Representative Andy Levin's office was the first to unionize under the Congressional Workers Union. You know, I completely forgot about the Congressional Workers also unionizing. Same. So I'm glad you mentioned that. It's so great, isn't it? Yeah. And that was one of the big ways most recently. I do love the audacity of, like, voting against your... (laughs) Workers getting more pay and then still 
just like having to see them every day. It's just so uncomfortable. It's par for the course, though, Josie. <laughs> it's par for the Wouldn't course. Would you just be at least a little embarrassed? You're like, um, since I'm actually going to have to get coffee with you in the morning, I guess I'll vote for you to be able to put food on the table. No, they lost the ability to feel that emotion a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. The cruelty is the point. Front and center for the Republican Party. And this year we saw workers collectively set boundaries and essentially tell their employers what was up. And it was timely as private sector corporations raked in record profits with inflations at a 40-year high. But naturally, corporations didn't fight fair in these union votes. In the case of Amazon, the company reportedly called the police on workers handing out union materials in Kentucky. They've been accused of illegally firing workers in Chicago, New York, Ohio, and they've allegedly retaliated against workers in Pennsylvania and New York for their organizing efforts. Not to mention, they have also deployed anti-union tactics like allegedly threatening to close an entire warehouse in Alabama if the workers voted to unionize there. Advocates say that these types of escalating behaviors just show how concerned Amazon is about the impact of unions, but workers themselves say they aren't deterred by their efforts. Also, that's illegal. <laughs> it is you can't illegal. Do that. <laughs> I feel like someone should let them know. That part. And when it comes to interference, Congress and the Biden administration just interfered with the rail workers' union negotiations, right? That's right. Now, the rail workers have been working through these negotiations for years. And what they're asking for is more paid sick time so that they can go to the doctor or care for a sick family member or take time off when they aren't well themselves. And at the start of negotiations, they had zero sick days. Zero. I feel like I got to repeat that for emphasis because none of us would accept that. So it makes sense for them to push for that time off, right? Well, everybody knows that railway workers don't get sick, so... (laughs) indestructible human beings apparently it's just science yeah well after negotiations this summer the rail companies gave them one sick day and last month the workers rejected the deal so cue the biden administration president biden said look we got the holidays coming up we're just getting on top of the supply chain issues and inflation is still hurting people so we don't want to lose rail transit over this fight biden then issued the directive for congress to use legislation to force rail workers to accept the deal which only gave them one sick day now this isn't a move you'd expect from the self-declared most union-friendly president in history but alas so now the rail workers were forced to take this deal when they were seeking about 15 days of paid leave, but they only got one personal day. And I have to mention that Democrats did try to pass an amendment in Congress that would have given rail workers six days of paid leave. But of course, Republicans rejected that provision because the cruelty is the point, people. You know, it's their make workers suffer platform. Also, Biden's the Amtrak president as well. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Really awkward on his part. Incredibly. Literally has a station named after him. This man has been talking about Amtrak since I've known him. <laughs> not personally. No, totally. Obviously, the story and, and what's happening is not good. But the story being in the news and the more people it reaches, people who don't work jobs that are associated with unions, I feel like... right. If they're encountering this, you know this is not right. Like, that is the one maybe good Mm -hmm. thing to come from this is Mm -hmm. that, like, more and more people will understand. Even with the Starbucks stories and the stories of Amazon and all of the efforts to unionize around the country, maybe, hopefully, people have slightly more understanding of, like, why this is important and the way these workers are treated and how not right that is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a reminder, right? Like, even when you don't win— Imagine what this fight would have been like without union help. Like, totally. that part. Imagine what it's like to go up against 
the Biden administration. Or Amazon. That's the second largest yeah. employer yeah. in the country, right? Like right. that's a huge exactly. fight. Exactly. And I appreciate people came together for it. Yeah. All right. Let me pass the baton over to you, my friend, Trey Val. What you got? All righty. So when I was thinking of what I consider to be one of the biggest stories of this year, I knew I had to do something on LGBTQ rights issues, right? Because in addition to me being a card-carrying proselytizer of the gay and trans (laughs) agenda, we are literally living through what is a historic legislative attack on queer and trans people. I don't know if y'all remember, but on the very first episode of WAD this year, back in January, I spoke a bit about what organizers were predicting would be an onslaught of attempts to codify transphobia and legislate transphobic discrimination. That has absolutely happened, but there was also a broader attack on the LGBTQ community as a whole as well. The GOP has taken their anti-LGBTQ political strategy and dressed it up as a social issue. And now in many states, in addition to trans youth not being able to play sports because they're banned from playing on the teams that align with their identities, teachers can't really teach about the likes of Harvey Milk or Bayard Rustin because of Florida's Don't Say Gay bill mm. and similar laws elsewhere. The health care that some trans youth need has been banned because Republicans think they know better than every major medical association that says such gender-affirming care is life-saving. Hell, a congresswoman tried to weaponize her homophobic tears to stop Congress from passing the Respect for Marriage Act. They've been out here Wilding out of control, y'all. Aunt Vicky, somebody get her. Mm-hmm. Aunt Vicky, gotta go. Listen. Truly. With that haircut and that jacket, had the nerve. <laughs> oh, child. Oh, child. <laughs> but a particular story I wanted to highlight is about how drag shows and drag queen story hours have become sites of protest and armed violence because of the GOP's foolishness. We've seen the headlines about Proud Boys and their guns disrupting these events, as well as other right-wing conservatives stirring up controversy, talking about how their tax dollars are being used to push a political agenda. That's how they sound to me all the time. (laughs) That's exactly, exactly what he sounds like. I don't know if you were doing Brian Kemp, but that was accurate. I'm gagged. Why not? So... According to GLAAD, the world's largest LGBTQ media advocacy organization, as of November, at least 124 incidents of anti-LGBTQ protests and threats targeting drag events were reported this year alone. The majority of them happened during Pride Month in June into September, October, and November, including false rhetoric about some drag performers being used in some folks' campaign ads during the midterm elections. It's apparently, you know, drag is that much of an issue. You've got to put it in your campaign ads these days. Mm. According to GLAD's analysis, not only did anti-drag incidents happen in at least 47 of our 50 states this year, the rhetoric around them has become increasingly violent. And I think it's important to connect this to tragedies like the Club Q shooting in Colorado Springs back in November that killed five people and wounded more than a dozen others. The club was known for its drag shows, having had one that night, and they were going to have two more the next day. So, All of this made me think back to a special episode of WAD that I did in June with producer Raven Yamamoto about drag as a tool for political organizing. Everyone under the sound of my voice should revisit it, but I especially want to play this bit from Peppermint of RuPaul's Drag Race fame. I asked her about this political moment we're in and what is keeping her smiling through it all. Here's what she said. The thought that 
we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I tell myself. It's like, yes, it's bad, but we're not going to just drop dead instantly. I know that a lot of these things do threaten the livelihood, if not the lives of many individuals, but we will be there the day after to reconvene and figure out what to do. Peppermint said, we ain't going nowhere. So right. y'all better get used to it, period. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are more stories to come. Priyanka and Josie, you're up next. But first, we'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. We are back on What A Day, all four of us. Yay! We're each sharing our top story from 2022. Priyanka, it is your turn. Yeah. So one of the biggest things to happen this year and really just like in decades in this country was the Supreme Court's ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health, which overturned Roe v. Wade. Oh, it was a dark day. It was awful. I mean, 
also several dark days because of like the way it happened mm-hmm. and the draft right. being leaked. Like it right. feels like it happened several times. Right. But yeah, the constitutional right to abortion and really to bodily autonomy was something that was protected for all of us as Americans for nearly half a century. And that no longer exists today because of this court. It'll never stop being outrageous and wild that we are being subjected to this against the will of the majority of U.S. people. But here we are. And many people took to the streets against this decision, including here in Los Angeles. We have some audio from our amazing producers, Jazzy and Raven, who went to the protest in Los Angeles and, you know, spoke to some people, captured some audio, and really kind of took the temperature of what was happening on the ground. I mean, I knew I was outside the Supreme Court uh, for multiple reasons. Yeah, wow. I had a TV hit, but also to protest, y'all. Like, I Absolutely. was pissed. Like, and that was in May mm-hmm. when the draft was leaked. I was right. out there, like, screaming my head off with everybody else. So shout out to everybody who protested. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those stories I feel like all of us have, like, this, like, visceral reaction. And also, like, you remember where you were. You remember, like, right. how you felt or, like, that mm-hmm. news alert, however you found out. Like, that's something that'll stick with me. Forever. And it was definitely that feeling of like, even when you know it's coming, when it actually happens, like the bodily reaction is just so right. intensely strong. I mean, it's a life changing moment for so many of us. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. I mean, the consequences of it were very swift. When the ruling came out, it set off a wave of abortion bans across the country in GOP led states. Now, most abortions are banned in at least 13 states. There's more legislation all over the place. The Dobbs decision also had an immediate impact on health care. Abortion clinics in several states have been forced to close or limit their services, which has impacted the health care choices that people have every day, depending on whatever state they're in, and the resources that they may or may not have to travel, you know, to seek the care that they need. It's also triggered major legal battles where advocates have sued to block abortion bans in certain states from being enforced. And there's been an outpouring of everything from grief to rage to what I do want to focus on, I do feel like is... I don't want to say a silver lining, but this new energy that we're seeing from voters and people who were never even voting or particularly engaged in our politics before Mm -hmm. have been kind of incensed by what happened. And Mm -hmm. that is the only appropriate response, in my opinion. Right. Roe being overturned was a cornerstone of the 2022 midterms. I think that is a critical part. You guys are leading right into my section and I like it. We love it. (laughs) So, I mean, for example, voters in Kansas, not, you know, what we typically think of as like a particularly liberal place voted Mm -hmm. overwhelmingly against a ballot measure that would have led the state to ban abortion back in August. That was just the start. People tried to say, I mean, Juanita, we talked about the midterms. People tried to claim that like the only thing that was motivating people in the midterms was inflation and the economy. And this wasn't going to get voters to the polls. But Democrats had historic performance for a midterm election year with an incumbent Democratic president Abortion-related ballot measures in five different states all turned out in favor of abortion rights, even in red states like Montana and Kentucky. They were so clearly wrong. They so clearly underestimated how much people cared about this and how angry and how willing to fight people are for their rights. Yeah. And how it's an interconnected issue, right? Like I remember talking to the head of Planned Parenthood and she was like, 
these polls are missing the point that people see it all attached. Abortion is connected to our social well-being, our physical totally. well-being, and our health, our economic well-being. It's a criminal justice issue. It's, it's an criminal justice. It's issue. everything. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. I mean, definitely cannot overstate the ways that this decision has impacted this year and, and the news that we've covered. But Josie, I know we led right into what you're talking about. So let's hear your top story of 2022. 2022, like... 2021 and 2020 and 2019 and all the other years for a long time. You get the gist was kind of a rough one. There was plenty of depressing news. When are we getting a good news. year? I know. <laughs> Please. I know. I know. It's been a minute. There was plenty of depressing news to go around, but there were also some bright spots or at least like dim spots, maybe not bright, bright, but brighter than maybe we expected. And take, for example, what you just mentioned, Priyanka, the midterm elections. Um, After what felt like a particularly depressing campaign season to me, like promise after promise of the red tsunami coming our way. Like I told myself I wasn't even gonna watch the returns on election night, but then of course I gave in and was pleasantly surprised to see that there was not much of a red tornado at all. Not a single Senate incumbent lost their election and Democrats managed to even gain a seat. The first time in 60 years they've managed to even hold steady in a midterm election when they've had the majority. For context, the last time that happened, JFK was president. And Biden was probably hanging out with, like, Corn Pop or whoever. Like, it's been a minute. Oh, God. And in my state, Georgia, we elected a Democratic senator again three times in two years. Uh, despite efforts to make voting less accessible, people really came out. And sure, part of that is because Herschel Walker was a uniquely bad candidate. Um, is that how we're describing it? Uniquely bad? On account of the fact that he can't actually form a sentence. But still, you know, this is a reminder that across the country, in the so-called flyover states in the South and the places that often get written off as lost causes, right, there are people dreaming of a better, more progressive future. They are ready to fight for it. They're here. Totally. In Georgia, so much organizing happened, and especially by black women in particular, often by black formerly incarcerated women. You know, imagine the possibility of what the country could look like if we really saw every state as a battleground state. Yeah. And made the investments in infrastructure and made the long-term investments in organizing. I will never forget mm -hmm. Representative Nakima Williams, who's also the chair of Georgia Democrats, being She's like- my house member. She was like, we organize every day with everybody mm -hmm. everywhere. They left no stone unturned in Georgia. Yep. And that's the model Democrats need to adopt for 2024. 10,000%. Yep. It was an incredible, incredible effort. It was done without much of the infrastructure that other states- have in terms of the actual organizing on the ground, get out the vote stuff. The actual organizing infrastructure in Georgia is pretty underfunded. And this is just a reminder of like, what could it look like if we actually put a ton of money into the between election work as well, right? But it wasn't just that we avoided a red hurricane or whatever. I'm just switching up the natural disaster <laughs> with each time. We got a lot to pick from. Lava? Lava's next? As someone who focuses on criminal justice, I had spent the past year hearing elected officials fearmonger around crime so much so to get much. votes. Threatening to set back the little progress we've made over the past few years, right? And I was so scared on election night that this craven messaging by so many on the right, and too many on the left, by the way, mm -hmm. was going to work. That voters would go right back to this 1996 mentality, lock them up. And that didn't happen. I mean, we're still facing an uphill battle, right? There's still a lot of minds to change. But it's clear yes. that many voters are thinking differently about what safety looks like and engaging with the possibility that law enforcement isn't our only or our best option. And they're willing to prioritize different solutions. 
The midterms were also a reminder that more of this country is left of center than we often think. We are told real America does not look like us. Mm -hmm. Real America looks like something totally different. And it's just maybe not the case here, you know? And it's a reminder that Democrats have an opportunity now to go big, to pass strong progressive policies, to insist on a robust social safety net, to support children and the elderly, to reduce houselessness, to help create the conditions under which people can thrive. That is the mandate. Um, And so let's hope they do it. And this is one more time when I'm like, look at Georgia. Senator Warnock ran on that type of platform, was reelected, beat his numbers from November even, because this is what people want, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. And those are our personal top stories of 2022. A couple of things before we go. We know there were so many other stories out there from this past year that we didn't get a chance to talk about. But let us know what you think by tweeting us using the hashtag WhatADay. You can also find us on Instagram at WhatADay. Also, we will be back on Tuesday, January 3rd. And when we do come back, we'll talk about the stories we'll be covering in 2023. And the things we are looking forward to seeing. I do not like saying 2023. I don't like it. <laughs> Wrap your head around it, friend, because like it. it's coming. Like it or not. It's not right. <laughs> not into it. That's all for us in 2022. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, strike fear into your boss's heart by organizing your coworkers, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just quietly judging everyone's Spotify wrapped like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Trayvell Anderson. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Juanita Tolliver. And, and happy, happy holidays, holidays to all. all. Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Are y'all eating any good food for the holidays? All the food. No. No! <laughs> Are we recording still? Can I turn it off and tell the truth, which is that I hate the holidays? I'm a holiday grinch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Lita Martinez, Michael Martinez, and Sandy Gerard. Production support comes from Leo Duran, Ari Schwartz, and Matt DeGroote, with additional promotional and social support from Ewa Okulate, Julia Beach, and Jordan Silver. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high.